Welcome, everyone. Happy Saturday. We've got a special Taco Supremo guest with us today, Alan. Hey, how's everybody doing out there? Welcome. Why do you sound all mature now? Shit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> is that about? <laughs> I got to put my face on. <laughs> He's like, shit, everyone's watching. Uh, let's see. So, so Alan, yeah. why don't you uh, introduce yourself as a, a Supremo guest? Yeah. You're, you're in Charleston. Just happen to be here for a little bit. Yeah. So I've been in the Charleston area. Um kind of fun I've, I've actually lived literally a mile away from these great people and i didn't even know it you know there but you uh go. now <laughs> but now that i do know them it's great and uh yeah I, I found them online and i encourage everybody to invite your friends over to hear what the great stuff they have to say uh, i know it encouraged me to reach out to john and he's been great tells great stuff make me laugh our lives are full of crap yeah <laughs> we need laughs so we need murder is basically <laughs> we, yeah well murder's murder. not funny but the way some of these assholes murder it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. I like it. Alex wants to know, is the iPad charged tonight? Yes, it's charged. There we go. We were having some charging issues. We ended up just taking more shots. While Jen we got a sex change. Ooh. <laughs> she saw my Jew. Oh. <laughs> she said, who's that? Jen got hey, a sex I'll, change. I'll give you my guy. <laughs> he does great work. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's up, everybody? We're here with Alan, A-L-L-E-N, and... Yeah, thanks for spelling that right, the right way. Yeah, he has a better haircut than me. I don't know if he wants to reveal it. Yeah, everybody want to see uh, what an $80 mullet looks like? Absolutely. <laughs> it's fantastic. There you go. All right. I like it, dude. Damn it. Hey, He's going to do it now. Dude, I, I, kind of. I, I'm getting, John, we're getting older. We got to. That, that's like almost a flex at our age. Like yeah. your hairline and you have your hair. That's yeah. true. So that's true. You don't want it if you got yeah, it. You don't want to be 50 and like, damn, I wish I would have had a mohawk back yeah. in the day. And we're still kind of waiting on people. Are we taking a shot? Y'all want to take a shot? Sure. Are you. Are, Natasha, are you, thanks okay. for the comment. We're not going to sing the song because Jen's <laughs> not here. She will <laughs> murder us if. Uh, if we do that without her, but we'll still do a shot together. Hang on. You're, you're going you're gonna to need a shot from hearing this story. Yeah. I guarantee it. So you're not from Arkansas, though. No, but I remember I was in Mississippi. I was only a, strong, a stone throw away from the Mississippi River across Arkansas. So how many, heard, pe- how many people have done this case? I've never I mean, I've heard I, his name. I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's more prevalent in Arkansas kind of per se. Yeah. What happened? But it's, I guess, because everything happened so fast in one day, it just kind of hit the news. Yeah. And it was done because that's basically what happened. So, oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. So yeah. I, th- I think when everybody hears the story, you're going to be shocked. I think it's depending on how John does the story. I, when people hear this, there's so much to this story. <laughs> I know, dude. I was like, all right, sweet. I'll just do one episode. And then I started researching. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I'm already, I'm already still. In the Eileen Warnos, I still got one episode of that. So I'm like the only podcaster that is na- I now owe people multiple yeah. parts <laughs> of different stories. <laughs> I hear a lot of that. Like I think I listened to one the other day. It was like the uh, the brothers, like the three brothers that that went on like a killing spree. And you're like, if anybody wants to hear more of brothers. this, it was like the uh, it was. Oh, the Briley brothers. The Briley brothers, yeah. Nope. I was waiting I mean, for that episode too. Oh, you liked that one? I liked it. You were like, reach out, but, but I mean, you, you put the episode out in like <laughs> 1999 when Lip Biscuit was staging <laughs> Woodstock. 
don't know if you remember. <laughs> Let's say hi to Alice. Uh, Ashley's daughter is here. Hi, Alice. Hey, Alice. She's five. Um, do we have to watch what we say? Yeah. Uh, we'll have to tone down <laughs> Alice, the I have words. A... Or, or Ashley, do you cuss enough in front of her? Or this is okay. <laughs> Just let, let us know. Well, yeah. cheers, guys. There you go. Uh, cheers. All right. What are we drinking here? You'll find out. Ooh. Oh, that was great, man. The first hand I get is Rubitussin. That's wild turkey. <laughs> no, is it? Are you kidding me? No. That's not. It was Disarono. Oh, Disarono. Oh, I thought that was like a liqueur. I thought that was. <gasps> Disarono. I bought my That's Disarono? That yeah. shit's great. I know. Too, you like that sweet stuff? Yeah. Wild turkey. like pistachio. Wild turkey's pretty sweet, too. <laughs> Have you ever had I it? I do not think. Have I ever had it? Sweet. Yeah. Wild turkey. Does the Pope wear a funny hat? <laughs> uh, all right. Welcome, everyone. To Talk murder to me. We're here with Alan, our Talkos Primo great friend who's living in Charleston for a little bit. And he requested a great story. And uh, if you guys are wondering where Jen is, she is up in Massachusetts. She might join us on the live chat today. Um, I know she won't be able to call in, but she might She might still be able to show up here um, on the live chat at some point today. So, yeah. And she will also not be here next weekend, if you are also wondering. So she will be at a wedding again nice. up in Massachusetts. She just got back from a wedding, didn't she? No, Jesus she was Christ. at the bachelorette party for oh this wedding. So, oh Lord. <laughs> oh, fuck. Wait, is this the story where she went to Massachusetts for a bachelorette party? She, uh, this she went to Martha's Vineyard and she was. Whoa, what is that? It's an island off the coast of Massachusetts. <laughs> you know Martha's Vineyard? Even though there's no freaking vineyard there, there's no. Yeah, I'm, my aunt and uncle have a Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, but they don't actually do wine. Oh, no, no, they don't. <laughs> they don't do wine. <laughs> I mean, they drink a lot of wine, but you know. Hey, also, guys, so for some of the next episodes coming up, we got a new system here. So we would be, or we are going to be accepting live callers to come on Ooh, here. I like that. Yeah, live uh, FaceTime. All you got to do is FaceTime and you'll be Ooh. on the live video. Do we add any Supremos or should we? Oh, oh, we do have some new Supremos. Yeah. Now. Nice. Ashley, who is on here. And Amanda are our newest uh, members this week. So thanks, y'all, for joining. All Thank right. you, Ashley and Alice, two for one. Sweet. So tonight we have a lovely, lovely story. This is child appropriate, I would I would say, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has children in it. Oh, shit. That's fucked. That's fucked. That is terrible. <laughs> It's a terrible story. I actually listened to it again on the way over to like. You listened to it? We haven't done it yet. Well, oh, no. I, I mean, I, I read up on it, you know, just to prepare myself for what I'm about to hear. So. Uh, it's not that bad. Oh, you can't. <laughs> All right. So um, welcome, everyone. We're on live chat right now. We live chat every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And we are going to Google Earth. And yes, my iPad is charged. Uh, Alex. <laughs> what <a> fucking dickhead. <laughs> what is this? Don't be mean to Alex. Oh, Alex, your your stuff is on the way, by the way. Yeah, your nice. um your goodies. Your goodies. Nice. What the fuck is not even coming up on here? Uh, that's about that's Arkansas. <laughs> and most of them are county roads. <laughs> well, I I actually call it Arkansas. I do too. <laughs> Arkansas. That's when you know you're southern. Actually, uh, when you when you pronounce Mississippi, 
you don't pronounce the other set of S's. That's how you know somebody's from there. They Mississippi. Say, I'm from Mississippi. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So if anybody says, right. if anybody ever comes over and says, I'm from Mississippi, say, get out of the house because <laughs> you you're a liar. <laughs> Wait, where where are you from again? Greenville. You're from Greenville, South Carolina? Greenville, Mississippi. Mississippi. Oh, you're from Mississippi. I remember, remember we talked about it. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. You, you this, said you went all over the place. Now I, you I, I, know. Grew up, I grew up in Mississippi. It looks just like that what you're showing on the map. <laughs> A trailer and trees. <laughs> so With no gravel. All right, this is this is the spot right here. So that's good to know. I never knew that. So I don't know exactly which one it is because <laughs> which trailer it is. Well, you no, mean? the trailer's torn down. But I'm okay. sure it is. I think it may be. Maybe it's this one. I don't know. But when I tried to go like see the road view, as you see, you can't. Like the closest you can get is right here. I mean that's that's it. I mean like I said, everybody in our like if you need to drive through Arkansas. There's a couple of things I want to tell you, like don't speed because they make most of their money off speed traps. And mm. um, they're very sketchy because last time I was there and I got a speeding ticket, they told me to fax a letter in. <laughs> <laughs> and keep in mind, this was like five years ago. They told me to fax <laughs> an apology letter in. What? And it send is. $200 and they'll dismiss it. <laughs> and send to wire it to this dude. Send right a check here. and a fax. Yes. <laughs> That's sketchy. That's that's, that's for everybody on the chat. Just that's so basically know. like one step away from hey, give me two hundred bucks. <laughs> like the I'll just make over. this go away. <laughs> so this is where we're going tonight. I mean, it's rural nothing, man. I mean, when did this story take place, John? I f- I forgot because this is per- uh, this is current, correct? This is current. No, I'm asking. Like that Google, that oh, Google yeah. is. This is current. Yeah. This. Story, I mean, when did when the story take place? 1987. It definitely looks different. I promise. December 22nd, 1987 is where we're actually going. This is what it looked like, the exact spot. And the the news, the uh, the news broadcast that I pulled this from, I should have put the video in here because the first shot of the trailer, and they did this on purpose, they put that little chicken <laughs> running across. <laughs> there it was. Cluck. Well, how's the fucking I, chicken say? <laughs> Wait, what's the chicken say? <laughs> As an eek. <laughs> they made it real rednecky looking with that fucking chicken that actually looks pretty prestigious for arkansas <laughs> <laughs> for 87 that's, a, that's a mansion right there so we're going to 250 broomfield road this is in dover this story also takes place in Russellville, too, but that's going to be on the next episode. Tonight, we're talking about Ronald Gene Simmons. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this. I don't know how many other podcasters have done this. I don't either. I, I don't. It's it's a strength. When I first heard about it, it was so fascinating. I, I think it's because like what we talked about is that it happened so rapidly that yeah, it just became like a day news kind of thing. And you may have heard about it like after the trial, like when people are killing for 10, 15 years and escaping from prison and finding 37 bodies under a, a you know, it just. But yeah. whenever you just decide to just do whatever one day or a couple days out of a time, it it, it kind of just hit and miss kind of thing. It's like, oh, well, this is this is Arkansas. If you want to describe him, Nicole, the only thing he's missing here is a sick ass mullet. Dude, he may <laughs> well, not have got convicted. He's he's. <laughs> balding at the top there he's got a little bit of a fryer situation going on but you know he's got a pretty burly beard burly white beard do you think he regrets not growing a mullet in the 30s i 
you know, uh, that looks to me like a man full of regret. <laughs> I think he kind of has one. Look right. at the back yeah, it's a little he's holding on, on to a lot. Yeah. He's holding on to everything he's got. That's why he's growing the beard. It's to overcome the beard's all he's got. <laughs> and he's smiling too. He looks happy. Jolly old. He fella. does look. He looks like a. He could play your Santa Claus. He, yeah, he could play your local Santa Claus. So be careful out there, people. Yeah, he does. It's December twenty second, almost Christmas Day. Ronald Gene Simmons and his family. They are all at each other's throats because, as you'll see, at this point, this man has got fired from all of his jobs. He is doing nothing now but sitting in his trailer in his in his room, drinking beer all day long. The wife, his wife, which we're going to get to at this time, had already moved into his kids, her kids, their kids room with a cot. She is sleeping in the kids' room on a cot now. Okay, so this is a bad situation, a bad family situation. She is stuck. I mean, you saw where we're at. Like, where the fuck's she gonna go? Right. And she's got a lot of kids, so she ain't gonna go very far. She is stuck in a very bad situation. She's sleeping on a cot, and her husband is just a stay-at-home drunk. When we go over this guy's background, you're gonna you're gonna see some some things, some personality traits. He's very military minded. So to quit a job and stay at home and drink all day, if you know this fella, you would know that he has completely given up mm. on everything. Was he a veteran? Yeah, he he's he, a Vietnam okay. veteran okay. with a uh, Vietnam Distinguished Cross. Wow. We'll get to that. I never that. thought okay. about that. Yeah. So he is, he's done. He's like in up. his mind, he is giving <laughs> up, right? Completely done. You're not even. I mean, you crossed over. You're not yeah. coming back. You're done. Oh, yeah. With no job and no hobbies, and his family hates him. He is now just sitting in his room until the last of his money runs out. And this is the family's money, and they don't have a lot of it. The wife, Rebecca, which her name is everyone, you know, Becky is Becky, what she goes yeah. by. This is her right here. I think she's pretty gorgeous. What 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 ages is she here? Forty six, I think. Forty uh, six. Yeah, she looks good is for forty six. Yeah, is she is she Spanish? No, no, I don't think so. Well, I just are Indian maybe, or just like she's got great dark hair. Yeah, nice hairline, great nice cheekbones. Look at the look at the teeth. That's always been a thing for me. She's very happy there. Very. Who's who? Who's hugging her? Well, who do you think? <laughs> <laughs> and that guy's got a smile too. So that's really? her, hu- that's her husband. Yeah, so that's this how is... it starts, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We, we just hit two years. We're only in two. Yeah. <laughs> We're still know. fairly uh, happy. If you ask John, though, how marriage is going, he'd be like, ah, it's all right. It's all right. I mean, it's not like dating. <laughs> dude, my family doesn't, we don't believe in divorce. So, and my family, I don't know if you've heard me talk about this before, but it's very important. My dad always, always used to tell me, Son, you need to just find a woman that you can put up with for the rest of your life. And that makes so much sense. You don't marry for love. You don't marry for... You just marry someone that you could just put up with. You know, my grandfather told me the same thing. He said, all women are crazy. Just find one you can put up with. That is true. He's a smart man. (laughs) He also told me never trust a man that uh, tucks his shirt in with no belt. So remember that. Good life advice right there. So that's for everybody out there. Just remember that. Never trust a guy, all you girls out there, that tucks his shirt in with no belt. You run far away. Automatic serial killer. (laughs) My grandpa used to tell me stuff like that. One of the things he would always tell me is, little John, you better stop touching your cousin like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's all. That's your first cousin. You can only touch your second cousin. <laughs> Go touch little Judy over there. Leave Christina alone. I'm so proud. Uh, Becky Simmons, 46 years old. Her family has completely fallen apart at this point because and only because of her alcoholic husband and the decisions that he made, which we're going to get into in detail. Horrible. She wanted one thing, one thing, because she's about to get divorced. Now, she's left multiple times. But when you're in that relationship, I mean, think about it. She's in an abusive relationship, which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about. She has a lot of kids, which we'll talk about. And she's in fucking Arkansas. Oh, Lord. She can't leave or she tries to leave multiple times, but it never works. But now she actually is leaving and and with the kids support, too. She's going to go. What? Sorry. Hi, Mama Cooley. <laughs> Mama. Oh, Mama. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I, I noticed my wife pop up. <laughs> Your wife is checking in on you, man. <laughs> She's like, is he really at this oh, podcast? Yeah. Podcast. My fucking ass. Yeah, my ass. <laughs> uh, let me know when she gets off and then we can start the... the, <laughs> the, stri- the Did we bring the mariachis in and the stripper pole? Yeah, this is, this is the VIP room. <laughs> Oh shit! That's too funny, <laughs> Mama Cool. That's funny. I don't know how she got on there. I gotta figure that out. <laughs> you told her you're doing a podcast. Yeah, of course I will. I'm, I'm truthful with my wife. No, I. <laughs> I know, but this I is talk on, a lot about y'all. This is on YouTube, so you told her it's gonna be on YouTube. I don't know. I don't know how she found it. Honestly, she she'll Googled need to. Re- Elena, can you respond, please, and tell me how you found me? <laughs> She's like, I'm just here checking. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sorry, fire. sorry to uh to interrupt her podcast for my wife. So no, that's great. <laughs> oh shit. <sighs> Becky's done. But and she knows. Actually, if you want to read the oh, final okay. one of the final letters. Before you, before you do that, can I ask you this? Does yeah. Becky have any other I didn't ever knew this. Does she have any other family she's ever reached out to, like for help because it seems like a dire situation. I mean, surely she seems like a nice lady that her family has not abandoned her. That's kind of what made me point toward the fact that is she an immigrant? Is she like, like what's her status? Because you don't just stay. Well, you do, but you don't, but like your other family members notice it. They might, people might be able to tell that something's wrong, but if you are so deep into a relationship, I think it's, it depending on how bad the situation is, like, if there's kids involved, like, yeah. what else are you going to do? Like, Honestly, I didn't see anything about her paternal background. Right. Her last name, her maiden name, I guess. Maiden name, is that what you call it? Here's no, does it does it end in a vowel? Well, what's the vowels again? <laughs> <laughs> what was her last name? <laughs> just, just say it and we'll tell well, you. Well, again, it's hard to say. Ulibari. U-L-I-B-A-R-R-I. You, Ulibari. Yeah, that's either Spanish, Spanish yeah, or Italian. Spa- yeah, maybe? that's what I'm seeing. Like, I saw that. I see Spanish. She reminds me a lot of my wife, where like the hairline, the beautiful smile. Well, she was up in Washington. You know, I, you're, you're like, she's on. I got to compliment her. I know who she afar. is. <laughs> this is how we know that she was this time leaving. Quote, I am a prisoner here. And the kids, too. I know when I get out, I might need help. Dad has held me like a prisoner. 
and the fr the new freedom might be hard for me to take. Yet I know it would be great. Having my children visit me anytime, having a telephone, going shopping if I want, going to church. Every time I think of freedom, I want out as soon as possible. That was from a, the final letter that was found at the house that she was writing to one of her sons. The sons were going to take her in. One of the sons was going to take her in. Okay. Because at this point, the family has stopped talking to the dad at all cost. Okay. Mo most of them, as we'll get to. But... She's leaving, but she wanted one final thing, and that is a family Christmas together. Hmm. You see the lights here? Yeah. Is that the is that the house at Christmas time? <clears throat> yeah, this is the house. So I wonder who put. I guess she put that up. Becky did. Yeah, and you got to keep in mind, which we'll talk about. There's no income coming in. Mm -hmm. This is the last bit of money. Yeah. She wanted a tree. They don't really have money for trees and stuff like that. So this is basically the the depleting the savings. But she Just wanted that. Christmas. Course. Christmas where the whole family comes in and just that one last one. But the father has a different, different plan that he's putting in place for this Christmas when the family comes. And that's that's the story we're talking about tonight. Oh, we're gonna get there? Oh, I mean, we're gonna is. get there. Apparently. <laughs> Are we there yet? <laughs> <laughs> so this is December twenty second, and like I just said, the whole family's coming in. Now the family staggers their times. So they're gonna come in. We're only doing the first day here. This is the 22nd of December. Okay. The other family is going to come in throughout the next week or throughout the following, throughout this week, mm -hmm. up until Christmas, they're going to be here. But the first person that comes in the house is his son. And you know his son's name? Uh, is it Gene Jr.? Yeah, Gene Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, I mean, you think about it, Gene I mean, that's like a... For all you mothers and daughters out there, to name a junior or whatever or a third, like I'm not sure how relationships work out there, but usually that's a combination between you and the husband to mm -hmm. pick that, right? I mean, I would imagine. Yeah. I, like I would think any naming of children. I just but... want to put that out there before you finish this, this story. All right. First in the house, Ronald Gene Simmons Jr. Little Gene is what everyone called him, Little Gene. He comes in the house and he immediately feels some sort of tension as he knew he would. However, you're going to see that his daughter, Barbara, a three-year-old, was actually currently at the time staying with the grandparents. Mm. So he walks in to check on her, Barbara, little Barbara, three years old. And she's, and at this point, he is in that room, her separate bedroom, checking on her. Now, she is sound asleep She's, Wait, I thought you said she was at her grandparents. Well, no. Yeah, you're right. The, Ronald Gene Simmons is her grandpa. No, you're, oh. you're talking about somebody else. Okay, sorry, we'll, sorry. We'll get to that. We're talking, there's a, the family tree is large. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry, John. No, you're good. <laughs> is, is it a large tree, but like there's not a lot of branches there's on not it? A lot of, yeah, this tree goes straight up to heaven. Straight up and down. <laughs> Got yeah, it. So okay. The, the family tree is kind of hard to uh, comprehend. <laughs> But and there's some there's it's some a tumbleweed. We talked about this recently. <laughs> the, 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 tree, <laughs> the, the tree gets twisted at some point. Uh, what, was the, what was the saying that Will Smith's wife said? I was in an entanglement. Entanglement. Yeah. <laughs> the father, the killer, who we're talking about tonight. From now on, I'll call him Ronald. His son, Ronald Jr. I'll call him Little Gene or Jr. Yeah, our Jr. Yeah, he gets in the house. He he immediately feels some tension, but he goes straight to his daughter's room to check on her. 
which is Ronald's granddaughter. Okay. She's sound asleep. So little Jean and little Jean is 29 years old. <laughs> it's not. Okay. 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 Wait, say, say that again. <laughs> little Jean is 29. God damn it. <laughs> they still called him. All right, this is very confusing. Wait, I didn't know that. Wait, wait, say that again. Little Jean's 29. Ronald, the father, his first son and first child okay. is Jean. Okay. Is, is Ronald Jean Simmons Jr. Okay. That but they makes call sense. him Jean. But at this point in time, he's 29 years old. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So he walks in. He's got a baby of his own, a three-year-old. Barbara. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a lot of... lot of You really... Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I didn't know that. Like, when I first heard the story, I thought he was a little boy. Not, no, 29, I mean. 29 little at all. This is the Christmas, whatever This situation. is a Christmas story you never heard. I mean, uh, technically. I've never heard the story at all. Technically, at 36, I'm kind of a little boy, too. I'm not yeah. really sure what you're doing at home at 29, but okay. Yeah, that's that's No, good. no, he's, his his daughter is staying at his father. This is confusing. I, I, I can't make this any simpler. His son, Junior, Jr., 29 years old, He's checking on his daughter. She's sound asleep at three years old. And that daughter is staying with JR's father, Gene, okay. uh, Ronald, which is the killer we're talking about tonight. So JR backs out of the room and he sees his dad just standing there. Now, his dad has been on the his favorite chair all morning drinking mm. beer, barely even looked at his own son when he came in. But this is kind of how things were. This was... This was probably going to be the last time they ever saw the father. Yeah. They're there for the mother. The right. family's coming in for the mother. Nobody likes Nobody this guy. Nobody likes the guy. Nobody. Yeah. His own family hates him. Got it. But they have a pretty good reason why. <laughs> but this three-year-old sound asleep, little Gene backs out of the room. Now, he didn't hear his father get up. He didn't hear his father get up out of his favorite chair, and he also didn't hear his father get up out of his favorite chair and grab the crowbar that he had strategically placed right by his feet. Now, before I go any further, you're going to hear the actual captain, police captain, who was at the scene. He says it's a, a lead pipe. However, the book that we're reading from says crowbar. So I'm, yeah, that's what I heard as well. I'm opting for the latter, but pipe, crowbar, whatever. You, you'll something hear, metal and yeah, something metal, deadly. But he didn't hear any of that. He just turns around, shuts the door very quietly, not to wake his daughter up. Turns around and his dad's just standing there, just with a blank look, like kind of like a Vietnam vet, right? Just blank. Wait, does he have the crowbar in his hand? Yeah, he's got the crowbar. Oh in his lord, hand. that's scary. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't know what I would do if I walk in and and you had you a s- crowbar in your hand. I'm like, <laughs> I was a yeah. fucking uppercut, right? Shit. I know. I would have just ran out. I'm not <laughs> trying to get disturbing with you. <laughs> the last words that Jr. said to his father were, "Dad." It hit the boy right in the center of his forehead. Gene staggered, cross-eyed, as if he were trying to see where the crowbar had hit him. Ronald slammed it down again and again. The boy fell to his knees, against one of the chairs, mouth hanging open like some kind of moron, eyes out of focus. Ronald sneered at the boy's weakness as the runt gasped and drooled. He brought the crowbar down on Gene's face once more, popping his nose with a grisly splatter and knocking the boy out cold. Gene hefted the crowbar and gave the boy one last whack across the skull for good measure. Just to be sure, it jarred right up the length of his arm. He just smacked his own son with a crowbar. That's that's son. That's son. 
That's the first son, right? Yeah. This is the first, his first born. Yeah. 29 year old. Like, would you say he was like a disappointment, right? Like he, oh, his, and, like a weakling and yeah, there's didn't only do anything. Yeah. There's only one, one child that he had that he liked as we'll get to the other <laughs> ones he couldn't stand at 47 years old. His dad is not the, he's not the spring chicken that he used to be. And he was in the military and in in shape. What I'm trying to say is hitting your son across the forehead multiple times as hard as you can with a crowbar takes it out of you. So at this point, he's panting and gasping, (gasps) but his son's on the ground and he's he's not dead. He's still twitching around and oh, what's going on? My brain dead kind of thing. Yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, he got hit right in the forehead. Right. So the dad is trying to catch his breath. And this is probably another point of uh, contention for the father, too, because now he realizes that, oh, fuck, I'm out of shape type of thing. Yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. the type of guy that wants to lose control like that. You know I mean, I mean, from my understanding, the stories I've heard is like, it's not easy to kill. Like, it is a lot of energy that takes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it depends on what I mean, if you're going to use manual energy. To do it, I mean, manual energy, I think it does actually take a lot of, I mean, the human body is like meant to like, like you think of like cavemen and stuff like that. Like yeah. it's meant to take a lot of. All right. His, his dad at this point is out of breath, <gasps> panting over and over. He's 47 years old. Ronald looked down at his son, leaking blood from his nose and ears onto the flea market rug that covered half the room and gave him the first smile. That the boy had earned since he was a day old. Wow. That tells Damn, you. That's depressing. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you a lot about this guy's personality in that one sentence. Yeah. So he never smiled. He's not a happy dude. I He's... mean, could you imagine being at your child's birthday and you never smiled? This is his first child. Yeah. That'd, I would be the same way if I had a child. I'd be like, God damn it. How the fuck did this happen? <laughs> You're 29. You actually wouldn't, but. <laughs> no, I would just change my number. All right. <laughs> so that quote should tell you a lot about his personality. Yeah. Another thing that should tell you a lot about his personality is even as the son is basically dead at this point, he starts stomping on his torso. His own son, his own flesh and blood, blood stomping on the torso. Boom, boom, boom. Now, why did he do this? Like it's like a spitting at, spinning at. Yeah, them? kind of. I don't. I don't know. This guy is kind I, of. A, I, I think. I think if it serves me right, is like he wanted to make sure he was dead. Like if he didn't flinch by doing yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, the noise had disturbed Becky from her spot in the kitchen. If Ronald had known that committing bloody murder in the room next door was all it took to get Becky moving, he would have started doing it years ago. It mm. wasn't like they had a shortage of kids to beat to death. That's pretty, pretty fucked true. up. Yeah, I mean, it's... So at this point, he hears the death rattle from his own son. No, she does, right? She, Becky. Yeah, yeah. Becky, yeah. Well, the death rattle comes in from the the own son. The correct, son. correct. The son, little Gene, JR, 29 years old. Breathing blood, and keep in mind his daughter, three-year-old Barbara, is, Mm -hmm. I don't know, five feet in the next room with the door shut, sleeping. Becky comes into the scene, and she sees her son. She hears the death rattle, the blood being, you know, spurtling up, and she gasps, and she does what any mother would do. She bends down over the son to... 
I don't know, whatever. Resuscitate, like try or to just, do uh, a mother's touch. A mother, yeah, a mother would just fall over the sun. And I'm going to show you the mother one more time. So this is uh, Becky. That's what she looks like. So she falls over the sun, JR, and she's in shock. At this point, she doesn't really know what happened yet. She probably has a good fucking idea. But Ronald, the husband, picks up the crowbar. As she was leaning down over her son to care for her son, he lifts it up with all his might and brings it right down on the the back of her shoulders. Mm -hmm. And he's going to do this a lot of times, probably 10, 15 times at at least to, to get her completely quiet and that's and and that's part of the scene where i think that it actually was a crowbar because they talk about how all the stab wounds she had yeah from it yeah they actually talk about the amount of stab wounds she had from the crowbar like as he went down like flesh came up kind of thing it was not it was not it it was not very appealing it was not like that's like that's the first time i heard about a lead pipe well it well the the captain said lead pipe, but then again, I mean that cat. I mean, this is he may have multiple murder weapons in there, right? I, I mean, mean, this yeah, and he's this this guy, a police officer. He's processed thousands of right. these things, right? He stopped his flurry of blows for a long moment to draw a breath. Then he flipped the crowbar over in his hand so that the jagged teeth were now raised up. He looked down at the expanse of her floral print dress like an artist looks at a canvas. Then he started painting red flowers of his own. He watched them blossom as the bitch wailed and wailed. Mm, fucked up. That's... Oh my Wait, god! Wait, who used the word? Who used the B word in this story? So, all right, I think that, like <laughs> this is this is like the author's. He he's using yeah. The... So this is a Ryan Green book. <laughs> So it, I don't think she was a B word. I think she no, was no, a nice right. mother, and uh, she yeah. was okay. Let, let me. But he, I think maybe he's like, no. That's, I mean, that's, that's his the mind of of the. That's yeah. Ronald Jean's yeah. mind. I get it. Yeah. Bitch. Yeah, she yeah. wants to leave me. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna get into this, but he cranks out your crime books. He, yeah. yeah, he cranks them out, but you know they're 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 pretty good reads. But he does take some uh, creative interpretations i guess we need that but he is talking as he's i guess when he's writing i don't know his style maybe i should interview like him. He, maybe he, him yeah him. like like he gets into their mind yeah right? so he is this whole thing the whole book and how he's writing is is in ronald's head at you know what he's thinking his his thoughts and when i found out i had borderline personality disorder this is one of the things that that is exacerbated in people with this disorder is you think everyone's thinking something else about you. And I know yeah. everyone does that, but it's such an extreme. And with a guy like Ronald Gene Simmons, like he thought the whole town was against him. Yeah, yeah. They, they may have thought he was oh, a, he, a they weirdo, may have been, though. <laughs> but they're not they're not out to, to get they him. They never they, don't, they never yeah. trusted him. I guarantee that. Yeah, but, yeah, but uh, they don't they don't think about him all day long. Like yeah, he's like thinking. The way he he's does. like, I'm I know they're thinking about me right now and you know, I know this bitch in the other room is yada, yada, yada. Like, he is just trying to. Yeah. He's just thinking about this all day long. Does and he I, have and, borderline and he, personality disorder? I don't know. He's dead now. <laughs> I don't think that I don't think that was even a term. Well, in then. Arkansas, you don't test for that. Either you yeah. kill somebody or you didn't. It's kind of how that works. <laughs> His uh, court case is extremely famous, though, because he didn't say a fucking word. And when you're on death row, they, the, uh, the, and I'll get into this next episode, but. The, the process is they they account for appeals immediately being filed right. on death row. But when a death row prisoner gets on there and is like, ah, oh, fuck it, just kill me. You're like, uh, you can't. 
something he must be wrong. Well, I mean, it I screws like up the whole fucking system here. It did, like, as he felt like he achieved his mission of dying. <laughs> yeah. he, he was done. <laughs> yeah, he like wanted to die. So. <laughs> anyway, she fell face first on top of her dead son. He takes the crowbar, turns it around to the jagged teeth edge, and this is where you're talking about where yeah. the flesh is coming up. Obviously, if you think of a crowbar. Bringing it down that hard, flesh will come up. She is on her back, so but she is on her. She's face down, so he is just attacking her back at this point. I, I mean, to keep in mind, you're forcefully banging after you just banged your twenty nine year old. Yeah, the bone and flesh like that is not easy to bang. Like it's how much anger do you really have built up inside of you to where you're able to do that? It's like manic, you know? Like he, like, I feel, and imagine the scene, he's probably like covered in his own yeah, child and, and it's wife's just, blood. It's, like, it's just the amount of strength that, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm envisioning the amount of strength it takes to continue on. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Well, so, and I'll put all these videos on talkmurder.com, but some of the reports from the, the captain at the time said that he said, well, the blood was splattered all over the walls because of the crowbar, you know, stuff like that, because he actually shot both the mother and the son, as you're going to see. But that's not where the blood came from. It came from the constant wow. going back and forth. And he's kept in his breath during this time. He's, you know, he's been drinking all day. Number one. Oh, I didn't even think about that. He's been drinking all fucking for the last two months, <laughs> you know, literally every day. He's pickled. <laughs> that's a good word. He's pickled. He's pickled. Yeah. Oh, that's what it like. That's a term for alcoholics. <laughs> it is. John, how pickled are you right now? I don't know the fuck. I never heard that. It's like your 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 brain and your liver get Let like get pickled, pickled in alcohol real quick. when you're an alcoholic. It's that is a thing. Them are, will them say. are damn fighting words. <laughs> Let me, guess, let me guess, you got a case of the Mondays? I, I always have a case of the Mondays. Her human shrieks of, ah, 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 turns to guttural grunts. So, But I mean, how do they know that without talking to actual Well, there's him? a prosecutor, you know. Oh, okay. Painting a scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, trying to paint. I, I've always wondered that, like, how, like, when they yeah. paint the scene of, like, what happened. And I'm like, and is this, I, like, yeah. drama? Like, is this just, like, a dramatic yeah. effect? Yeah. But, I mean, you paint the scene for the story, and is that how you end up with different types of stories with lead, lead pipes and crowbar? You know, just kind of... Yeah. You know what's crazy? What? True crime is entertainment. It is. it is. Praise yeah. be to he. All you motherfuckers <laughs> on here right now watching us. Righteous jump sounds, yeah. Praise be to he. Her saliva and breath was filled with her own blood. Mm. Then he takes out his twenty-two caliber pistol, shoots her right in the forehead. Ooh. He shoots his son in the forehead twice and once in the chest. Now that's weird that he would do that after everything he uh, well, everything he just angry. did. He's also a, a a marksman, a perfect shot. When, he's an eagle eye. Yeah, Whoa. not a Hawkeye. What are you again? Hawkeye. No, I'm not a Hawkeye. Hawkeye is forty out of forty. I'm thirty eight out of forty. I thought that. What does that make you? I thought Eagle Eye is forty out of forty, and Hawkeye is thirty eight. No, there's no such thing as an Eagle Eye. No, I thought there was. I don't know. Well, no, he would what know. the fuck? I fucking, he would know. Right. Yeah, I know you would know. <laughs> I'm, a, know. I'm a sharpshooter. That's what nice. my badge is. I like how they bring it down like Think. that. For you. It's been <laughs> you're, here forever. Like, you're like, let me go check my records. <laughs> 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 I like how we talked about this. I with like I, I like how they say it's like if you're 20 out of 40, you're a good shooter, kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> dude, I'd be a good shooter. You then. wouldn't be over with me overseas if you only shoot 20 fucking out of 40. That's I'm sorry, I shouldn't 50%. say that. We're gonna get into his background right now, but he shoots the son twice in the forehead, once in the chest. 
and then he hears something from the other room. Mm. What do you think that is? The baby crying. Now, he knew that she was there, but she didn't start crying until those gunshots went off. And those gunshots were the last thing. So she woke up with those gunshots. Remember... This is three-year-old Barbara we're talking about. This is the baby, right? Yeah, this is the baby. His granddaughter in the next room, five feet away, starts to cry. And we'll go back to her, but um, (laughs) well, let's talk about his background. Let's do it. This is the book we're reading tonight, Obeying Evil, the Mockingbird Hill Massacre Through the Eyes of a Killer. Mockingbird Hill? Yeah, so... I wonder where that came from. It's a fancy name for a dump. (laughs) I don't know... (laughs) I, I Very could, Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds We live fancy. in Lake Village. We have a lake, but everything is crappy around here. <laughs> this is this is it. I mean, this is Mockingbird Hill. Nice. So you go up the hill to see his trailer. But it, I mean, it's you saw it on the Google Earth. It's nothing but a fucking trailer, trailer with a hill. And nothing wrong That's with it. trailers, and a, and man. A chicken. That's right. This Wait. is... I know that, I had to wait until I wasn't Is that just that chicken or is there another chicken that makes Maybe. it? Maybe. <laughs> it could be one and the same. There could be a whole hen <laughs> Could house. there be chicks? Could there be swans? <laughs> so Mockingbird Hill is where he lived. And I, I looked up so much where that name came from, but I could not figure it out. It, yeah. He didn't... He didn't name it that. It's always been named Mockingbird Hill. That's that little patch of land. I don't know why they called it that, but it it sounds very luxurious. Luxurious? Luxurious. 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 <laughs> I like it. I'm going to start using nice that. Try hey, can though. I use that? Luxurious? I think people from Mississippi say that. <laughs> I don't know. Ones, it's missing a syllable ones there. That, ones that make it past 10th grade, we actually pronounce it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to run through his background. Like I said, this right here is Ronald Gene Simmons, and he is what we call a family annihilator. Born annihilator. Fuck. In- <laughs> What'd you say? Annihilator. That sounds right. What? Yeah, no! right? What the fuck? What is it? Annihilator. Annihilator. Nope. <laughs> you obviously never played Mortal Kombat. Our Scrabble. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the Nintendo, Super Nintendo. <laughs> Fatality. <laughs> Wait, 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 real quick. Wasn't there one called Bestiality, which was not very appropriate? Bestiality is having sex with... I know, but wasn't there one called Bestiality where they turn you into an animal on Mortal Kombat? I don't think it was... Was it? I don't think it was called Bestiality. I think it was. It? Which I now think about it, that's very inappropriate. That's that would be very inappropriate. <laughs> that's what that was. I mean, they're I think you know like, you think about it. Fatality. Yeah. Bestiality. <laughs> Ronald Gene Simmons, born Chicago, Illinois, 1940. Parents Loretta and William Simmons. Not much is known about them. Nothing at all, really. January 1943, he is three years old and a big event happens. His father dies. Oh, wow. His father dies when he's three years old. And at the time, and this is, it may sound weird now, but in in the 1940s, this was 1943, the mother remarried that same year because back then, being a single mother with a child, it's hard. You can't really. I mean, there was like daycare. I don't think was a, a well. Thing, it was kind of hard because you, know? you just your mom with kids, and it's all about you know showing your look. Uh, what's the word you say? Luxury. 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 I don't even know what he said. <laughs> and, and the last thing you want to do is to be a product of something like that. So. 
I mean, it depends on how old you were, but I mean, I can see it. Like in the forty, it was harder for yeah. well, for females to if, marry. If women weren't in, really in the workforce, then I mean, it cha- a lot changed with World War II. Like you are, you don't really have much of a choice. Like well, you don't, you, you are as a woman in the forties, you are rearing children and taking care of no, your children. No, no, you're not think, going out into the workforce and getting a job. Actually, you need a man and, and to go do that. Actually, that in forty, like in the early forties, I think the women were called upon to work a lot. Yeah, and so they. They worked in the factories and things like that. So if they left you in the 40s, I think I think women may have been doing better than men at that point. Oh, they were they were all just, overseas at that point in time. You're just saying that shit. I'm just saying if I'm if, if I'm over if I'm over in like uh, G- you're either Auschwitz Germany yeah, trying to you're in fight France, Germany England whatever yeah. or you're how much over money am Midway. I making in Germany as a soldier as opposed to my wife at home. Making shells and tanks. Oh, there wasn't a choice. (laughs) You had no choice. In 1943, at three years old, his father died. His mother remarried. He, his stepfather, stepfather, his stepfather, William, served in the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and moved the the family to to Arkansas, Arkansas. Oh, I like the first way. So at this time, he moves the family. He's in the military. And this is obviously where Ronald gets his discipline from. But he moves the family constantly. Ronald now being, you know, a kid. We're talking about the killer going back in time. Now he is moving school to school. He never has the same friends. He yeah. never can make friends. He is troubled. He is he becomes a bully. His he is permanently really? expelled at sixteen years old. Wow. Expelled. Yikes. Yeah. Kinda kinda reminds me of the story of the guy that you read to me about who uh retired from kindergarten. Oh, Pansrum. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. I chopped out of kindergarten. <laughs> yeah. Is there like a, a form you got to fill out for that? He's like Yikes. signing it with crayons. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, and this is where, and this is where Ronald Gene Simmons is, his story is a lot like mine. He is expelled and he is shipped off to military school where he thrived, which is the same with me. <laughs> Praise be to he. <laughs> He is disciplined from his stepfather. Obviously, I couldn't tell if there was any abuse or anything like that, but I will say he dropped out of regular high school at 17 after he graduated from military high school, came back, did one year of regular high school, kind of like I did. He drops out and cuts ties with his entire family. No contact ever again. Really? Out of the blue, at 17, he joins the Navy. He's stationed in Bremington Naval Base in Washington, where he meets his wife. And, Becky? Yeah, and this is them. This Look is at that, them. the same picture you saw earlier. Look at that mustache. That's definitely a Navy mustache. <laughs> I know, man. I don't know. Like it kind of comes down. Like usually, in yeah. Like like when I think of Maverick, you just want to bend them over the poop deck. Like, no, I don't want to do that. But, <laughs> I mean, to each their own for for looking at the Navy. But yeah, it's called a boat stash. I'll let you and Nicole handle the bending That's over what part. That one is. <laughs> he was stationed in New Mexico, where he got married. They finally got married. Before the marriage, though, she could see the beginnings of her life because he is very controlling. In fact, this entire... So he has not gone to Vietnam yet? Not yet, right? no. Okay. So- this entire story is about control. He he needs that control. So, so John, is this something like... like- 
Are, are you saying they're married yet or not? They just got married, okay. and this so, is when he was 22 years old. So I've asked Nicole, like, is that not like a telltale sign when you see a guy, like, you already know if he's controlling or not when you're dating? I mean, that has to be a telltale sign, right? Yes. Are, are, are you more focused on, like... Is this a trap? <laughs> no, no. I'm just asking, like, like, is it more about stability? Like, when you look for it, like, um, like you meet somebody that has a good job, he... He comes home every day. You know, he may drink in his room every day. But She's like, I don't know anyone the, like well, that. Well, I was going to say, that was very opposite of John. Um, like, well, I'm just curious because, like, if she saw the telltale signs. What would you see got, in me? Well, it, you were very, very different than that. You you, you were only an entrepreneur on. and you didn't have a, like, a, a nine to five. And I liked that. Well, because maybe I couldn't get one. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know this. No, I was I'm hanging kidding. out with a a, uh, a a real estate dude, crazy ass, of, uh, <laughs> sort of a shady guy, um, <laughs> a millionaire, but a shady guy. Well, he was. <laughs> Anyways, I just asked that question because, like, if he did, like, if she really saw this in him after they got married, it was very concerning to me that she didn't pick that up because most women are able to pick that up, and I don't know if things are different. But he's in also the in the military, so. Like, it, for, I mean, but most military, I mean, for instance, like, you know, my family, my dad's military, so I I couldn't have long hair, you know, or whatever. Really? So he's kind of bringing that. You could not rock the mullet that you're rocking right now. Oh, you can't right now, though. Yeah. Well, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> but I mean, I could see it. I mean, you I can see it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I let her put makeup on today, but. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we read the Bible this morning and didn't read a Bible verse about just Bill. So, there you so we'll go. let you wear makeup today. So, I mean, I think you see signs, and, and ultimately, you you, you have you to ignore right? it or you don't. Because I see, I see people like me and John. Like, if you're a controlling person, that stuff happens off. It happens like right off the bat. Like, there's little arguments that turn into big situations, and I feel like yeah. it's just like. Like, you know, and I don't want to break the story, but anyways, it's just like, I just feel like she should have known from the get go. Like this guy, yeah. like, but, but then again, like, maybe did they she have likes a kid that. early. I mean, did I, she have a kid early? I mean, I don't remember. Like, like, I know, I know you said, uh, Gene uh, Jr. was the oldest son, but I mean, how long is the, the deficit between the time they got married and, and Gene? He, no, he was actually discharged from the Navy when they, when they had their first, first son. I wonder, like, maybe there were subtle things, but I would imagine that the, the time overseas when he was in war, like whatever, I'm sure there were things that were like very slight, but I think like whatever he experienced over in Vietnam, like I'm sure that like changed everything. Oh, I'm sure. If I were to guess. But before marriage, he was telling her what to wear, what not to wear, not to wear makeup. before then. Yeah, Mm -hmm. before marriage. This is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So she she knew. She knew before getting into it. But not, yeah. Well, you don't know. And also I think they were not allowed to color their nails at all either. You have to like think about like those are you have to think like those are so small things and for her to be like but to think military. it could get but to you, that y'all said to earlier and even on the live chat y'all mentioned her hair she had gorgeous hair yeah that hair was pulled back yeah and because and he above, made her pull because it back. he made her pull yeah. it back if you want to read that oh, next one sorry go ahead i mean i've i've Dude, I, I know people like that, honestly. Yeah. I mean. But it's scary though, right? He stripped Not her. Not if you're the man. <laughs> I'm the man. <laughs> he stripped her of her carefully crafted appearance and broke down her confidence in herself 
with a steady grind of corrections and complaints until she was convinced that she could do nothing on her own and had to rely on him for everything. Yeah. That's so there interesting. You go. 22 years in the military service, exemplary service. Retired as a master sergeant, 1979. He switched from the Navy to the Air Force. He did a, a brief stint out of the Navy. He realized that, hey, this is me. I need control. I need structure. I know a lot of guys like that. They cannot, they cannot do shit after the military. That's why you have some like when you get out of the military, it's completely different. You you have you have no structure at all. It's like there's no PT in the morning. There's no saluting a flag in the morning. Like, what am I supposed to do all day? Well, well let me some ask you this. So the guy that I was telling you from Mantucket, like he started in the Navy and he went to the Marines. Like, is that's not common, is it? Like you don't Yeah, just, it's pretty common. Those are is it, it is? Yeah. Navy and Marines are like a like that's where he started and he ended up in the Marines and like he ended up as a cop. But I mean I'm just I'm just curious to know yeah, like is Navy. that common? Yeah, Navy and Marines is pretty com- okay. common. Yeah, oh. Army, Air Force. I mean, it's not as com- common. Well, but, Air Force is hard to get you know, into. That's hard. Well, if you go to the right? Naval Academy, you can either go into the Navy or the Marines. Twenty-two years in the military, retired as a Master Sergeant, which is very high in nice. the enlisted ranks in 1979. So, when you retire as in active duty as a Master Sergeant, you get a pretty nice pension. Nice. However, you'll see. When he flees from his current town, and I'm going to tell you why here in a second, he kind of cuts ties with everyone, and he no longer receives his pension. That's why we go back to the beginning of the story where he has no money. Mm. He's not getting government assistance anymore. So he must have done something so egregious that he lost his pension. Bronze Star, Republic of Vietnam Cross, Air Force, ribbon, and numerous awards for marksmanship. When the bodies were found, even though they were at close range, they were center mass, right he in the forehead. He knew what he was doing. Oh, yeah. So when, when you shoot someone, you'd always want to shoot for center of mass, which is my silhouette. You want to shoot yeah. in the center because it's got them. So to especially, John. Yeah, especially you, you know. Yeah, so to John's <laughs> point, like like when you shoot a non-millimeter, even though you're only like maybe seven feet, seven, eight feet apart, you are never really aiming for where you're aiming for, and it's kind of hard. Um, so you aim for center mass, like what he's talking about. Yeah. So and all of those were straight on. He was a he's got plenty of awards for marksmanship. In the marriage, Ronald made Becky sever all ties with her family. That's probably why. Oh, that's why. Okay, probably that makes why you can't sense. find yeah. any. That's probably why you can't find any information on the family. But she, how would you feel about that if John told you like? Well, she doesn't talk to her family. Oh, I. I mean, is she from Arkansas? No, but she's a Perry now. <laughs> <laughs> I, when we got married, I was like, you know, in my family. You don't only have to change your last name, but you got to change your middle name, too. And she almost did. <laughs> she almost no, changed. I did not. You I almost... thought you were fucking crazy, though. Hey, funny story. Uh, I married my Spanish wife, yeah. and she didn't want to change her last name for a while. And ah. uh, until she got pulled over, and she didn't change her name. She just added my name. Yeah. So her name is like Elena Justine Chavez Gomez Cooley. <laughs> it's like, it's not even. It's not even. <laughs> She didn't even change. She got pulled over. Like, how long have you been living here? And they're like, she like three months. They're like, yeah, you got to change your name. This is not even your correct license. And they're like, my family would disown her if she didn't change her name. (laughs) The wife wasn't allowed to get any mail. He would screen all the mail if and decide if he wanted to give. Wait, so he was the only one to check the mail? Yeah, she wasn't allowed to do anything. Even though she was at home all day, right? Yeah, even though she was at home. 
She couldn't do anything by herself. Wow, I didn't know that. One year after marriage, Jean was born, the one that was hit with a crowbar. Okay. And according to Ryan Green's book, which we're reading tonight, quote, that worth, and talking about Jean, quote, that worthless son of a bitch, that boy was the worst thing that ever slithered out of his worthless mother. The biggest mistake I have ever made in my entire life. His second child was born finally. This is his first daughter. This is Sheila. Oh, that's her. Oh, That's baby, baby. She's sweet. <laughs> What's her shirt say? Something and Bears. It says bears. Cleveland. Uh, wait. No. Does it say Cleveland, Cleveland Bears or Cle- uh, Cleveland Bears? It might say Cleveland Bears. Well, I just I no, only oh, think. Of- it says Cloudcroft. That's where they were living at the time. Cloudcroft. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Cloudcroft. Yeah. Wait, does she have like a sweater vest on kind of thing? Like. She has a whole like uh I don't know, can you describe her, Nicole? Like kind of Um, long brown hair, uh, she's got glasses, big smile, um, uh, and she's wearing a long sleeve. What would you say? Cloudcroft. Cloud That's where Cloud they were Croft living bears. at the time. So was that her high school? I was yeah, that say, was her she high looks school. like maybe she's like fifteen ish. All right. So I that, would I would go maybe sixteen. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Like that's Sheila. That is the apple of his eye. His other children were objects to be manipulated, pieces of the puzzle of chaotic life that he had to slot together in such a way as to give the appearance of order. But in Sheila, he seemed to believe that he had found some sort of kindred spirit. By the time that she turned 13, they were really close. This is the only child that he has ever felt so close to. By the time she's 15, she would jump on daddy's lap like she was still a toddler and she would give him a kiss Mm. on the lips. So things were getting a little crazy, (laughs) a little weird. None of the family members cared because they're all, and, and this is when she was 15. It's no more so, routine, right? Yeah, it's, it's normal for this for this family at this okay. point. He would drive his wife, Becky, to the grocery store. And that was like the one thing that the wife had, that the one time where he was nice to her, he would never go in, but he would always drive her there. And at least he wouldn't abuse her in the car. But- she started not only Sheila, not only going with daddy too, but also sitting up front. So when mama bear comes out of the, the home, she sees her daughter, 15 year old daughter sitting up front laughing with daddy. And then daddy gives her mama a kind of a nod of uh, yeah. getting the back type of shit. So if you want to yeah, read so mama rise in the back. Kind of odd. (laughs) Uh, uh, Her cheeks burned with shame as they pulled out of the driveway, relegated to the back seat like she was the child and Sheila was the wife. She looked at Sheila, still giggling and happy, unaware that she was pushing her mother out with every kind word and smile, never even realizing that the knife she was twisting in her mother's back with every kindness that Ronald bestowed on her, his perfect little girl. This is her right here. This is the only other photo of her. This is probably when she was, what, 13 or something? Yeah, it looks about right. Yeah. So let's just say he was getting a little close and that bond was that bond was pretty tight. Mother was jealous of her own daughter. This reminds me of the case we did with the. Uh, she was a step. Uh, what was her name? Step. Uh, step daughter. No, she was adopted daughter. Sabrina. Oh, the oh God, that yeah. was awful. <laughs> but now, and and not only are the neighbors seeing this, and this is in Cloudcroft, but yep. at the grocery store, think about the father sitting there with the teenage daughter. Yeah, she jumps on his lap while ma- Mama's in the grocery store. She's giving them kisses on the on the lips, yeah. stuff like that. It embarrassed the mother 
quite a bit. The mother would see the daughter give him a kiss, his own biological daughter, a kiss mm. on the lips all day. And at 17, Sheila became pregnant. Mm. And who's get, the baby daddy? Who's the who's <laughs> who's the baby daddy? Her daddy? The the baby is Ronald's granddaughter and daughter. <laughs> oh my god! I need more alcohol. <laughs> this is an incestuous relationship. A big long well, tree. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's in, it's 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 uh um like yes, it's incestuous. Did but you it's... see it going this way though? Like how he painted the story? No. <laughs> well, how about this? We started this story. The mother's still there. She wants the whole family to get together. So obviously the whole family has to be okay or at least live with the fact that this child is in the world now and the father is baby daddy making it <laughs> making it so everyone better be okay with this. This is how it is. This is part of the family now. This oh, is my granddaughter. This is so <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> well, read the next one and you might oh, not. Oh, great. It may relieve some comfort. Fabulous. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> um, impregnating Sheila was the only logical conclusion to his domination. He not only owned every part of her, but had transformed her from a young girl into a vessel for him. She was no longer allowed to exist as a person. She was a repository for his dark passions. Mm. Ronald expected that the incest, not only having sex with his daughter, but also raising the child would be accepted yeah. by the family. Not accepted, but it's, it's, this is how it it's is. Like, hey, this is your like This is your sister. life now. Yeah, like this is it. And the mother, you better be okay with it. This is my child. You better help raise it. Becky. Yes. So you can see... <sighs> Where the story's and going. This is be- <laughs> this is before she had those multiple attempts of leaving. So Very. this oh god, this relationship with Sheila and the thing about the story is control. That is what he needed. So he what do you think about that, John? Like in like, control. Like why do you think control is a big part of his life? Because I see that too. Um, like he wanted uh, to control. Like he wanted to eli- like. I mean, I can kind of see. It. All right, so I won't get on an airplane because I don't have any control unless I have a parachute. Okay. Right? So I can kind of see that, but he's just more extreme. Like okay. for Sheila getting her his own daughter pregnant, it's. Have you seen that movie Wolf on Wall Street? Of course. Where he's like, wait, I've heard this weird thing. You're like, I don't know, married to your cousin, and then what's his name, Jonah Hill's like. Nah. I mean, of course, man. I mean, she's hot. I don't want some other dude banging my cousin. Fuck. Of course, it's like I'm that. Gonna. It's like that. Uh, it's like that. Uh, uh, what's the one from uh, Dave Chappelle when he's like, "If anybody's gonna be banging my sister, it's gonna be me." Yeah, he's gonna. Be, <laughs> anybody gonna bang my sister? Yeah. I'm glad you don't have a sister. And we just got cousins now. We here. just got stepsisters because. <laughs> The thing with Sheila is it was a control thing. In this house, the Simmons house, he's the king of the castle. And what does the king get? The king gets the women. He's already got mama bear woman and he's got sons too. So the sons are looking up. You know, trying to they're like little puppies trying or little lions trying to, you know, climb up the ladder. Now he's getting the other female, the seventeen year old pregnant. Sheila. Yeah. So he's like, Now I got this. This is Further making me further making me the king of the castle. That's right. Kind of thing. So it is all about control. I think it is. Too. And they're living with this. And the the sons that he will eventually have because he has five children in total, and then they have children of their own. But they have to live with this. The young sons. Yeah. You know. Anyway. So 
this was all about control. This is the child that they had together. This oh, is. I never saw uh, that. Yeah, this is her photo oh, right here. She looks this, tired. This is. I mean, maybe it's because it's a incest relationship. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. No, I'm sorry. I shouldn't laugh. But yeah, it's it's. Well, there's something. Yeah, she's tired. <laughs> yeah, but her well, name. Well, I think later on the story we'll learn more. So her name is Sylvia. That yeah. is their daughter together. So it is his daughter slash granddaughter. Sylvia. Sophia to him was the woman he always wanted. The right? one, the woman that fucked up everything for him. The woman that he loved so much, and this is his daughter that he loved so much he would do anything for. And then she, she goes and she fucks up everything. Let's finish this episode up because it's fucking long. Let's go back. <laughs> let's go back to the house. Back to the house. He just kills. JR with the crowbar shoots him twice in the head, once in the chest, kills the mother with the crowbar, slashing her, bringing it down as hard as he can. Ronald sits down. He just killed his son and his wife. He grabs a beer, lights a cigarette, and oh my God, that baby, that fucking baby. What's she doing? She's, yeah, she's screaming, three years old. Like, why won't she shut up? Ronald gets up out of his chair. He, he leaves the crowbar behind. He doesn't need it. He walks into little Barbara's room, three years old. He looks up. She's got these big tearful eyes as if she knows that her daddy is laying dead there in the floor. She's crying, but she doesn't know why at only three years old. He picks her up and pulls her close to his chest. And this is the first time. This is unusual. This is unusual because Granddaddy has never shown her, the three-year-old Barbara, any but, affection. Yeah. Ever. Not surprised. She stops crying. She feels safe against her Granddaddy's chest. She stops crying. She feels comforted. Her arms drape around his shoulders, kind of like, you know. Uh -huh. A child would do. Uh -huh. Grandpa got me. Uh -huh. The the hands, the grandpa's hands, slip up the back of the, her back up to her neck, then around it, and then he starts to squeeze. And if you mm. want to read the next one. Oh, I don't want to read the next come on, one. Nicole. <laughs> I don't want to read it. He could still feel the warm meat of her throat caught between his wow. warm hands and the desperate fluttering of her heartbeat where his fingertips bit into her flesh. He could hear her bones grinding in his grip. It wasn't strangulation. It, it was, sounds like he was like. It was more like crushing a baby bird. Oh, okay. So you're just, I mean, because she's so it, small, right? Scr strangulation would be thinking about choking. It was more just like crushing, just holding like a teddy bear. You know how you do if you're a child and you're just like, wow. Eah! It's I like crushing a baby bird is what he did to the three-year-old. Crushed her. And as you can see, he's on a rampage. He is on a rampage <laughs> for sure. The smell in the room really pissed him off because she peed herself and he didn't like that. Mm -mm. She was peeing while she was being crushed. He goes outside. We kind of skip, but we'll talk about the, the home. And this is the home right here as far as where she ends up. Mm. What you're looking at now is a cesspit. They didn't have toilets in their home at all. Really? There were no toilets in the home. There were oh. no running water. This is wow. how bad it was. What's well, Arkansas? <laughs> all right. And they would dig cesspits. Once the cesspits got too bad smelling, they would fill them up, dig another one. So mm. they were they were going to the bathroom in this pit, which you're like looking in like at like like like, uh, wow. like a digged hole. Yeah, a digged hole, and and he would cover it with a tarp. Wow. What? Yeah. To you know initially, so you would go if you got a piss. You would go lift the tarp and then pee in this hole. There was no toilets. There's no or running pee water. around the corner. Everybody always established a pee corner. Pee 
Jesus Christ, you fucking hick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, that's not funny. I'm sorry, everybody. Why? That's my family. He, <laughs> he goes out to the cesspit. He peeled back the tarp. He tosses his son, 29-year-old Gene Jr., tosses him in there, throws Becky in there, too. Now, this is in the shit and the piss. Oh, Lord. I didn't know that. And he thought, you know, he was like, I, I got to carry Barbara out, this three-year-old. She's fucking dead. Thank God. But she pissed all over her fucking self. I don't want to carry her if she's got piss on her. Yeah, like, fuck this. He goes wanna... into the kitchen. He gets a black trash bag. He picks her up very slightly to try not to get the piss on him, puts the body, the little body, in the trash bag, threw it inside, and, and throws it into the cesspit. Then he pours kerosene over the bodies, but not to light. This confused me at first. Oh, okay. He pours kerosene over all the bodies to, yeah. to mask the smell. Yeah. He huh. then puts barbed wire over the cesspit, so the, the family dog, whose name was Bo, they had two, Bo and Duke, they wouldn't get into the the bodies. Oh. Yeah, because he wanted like like why would you want to do that? Like he oh. wanted to. He wants them to like mortify. He goes back into the house. He opens the fridge and he grabs the last beer. He's gonna get more. He grabs the last beer, cracks it open, turns on the TV, and then he waits for his kids to get off the school bus. Oh my god. Yep. And that's what we're gonna talk about next time. However. How many people do you, how many people has he killed, you know? Well, I want to say 16. 16? He's killed 16 people. Yeah, I was, I was right on. Yeah. His entire family? How many? Oh, yeah, his entire family's gone. How many? <laughs> well, we're going to get that to the next episode, but how many names are up here? One. But just so everybody. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. At rest huh, elsewhere. 14. There's two more victims, too, that are not on here. Yeah, just so everybody knows, there's a lot to this story. Yeah, thanks this is a lot. Fascinating. Yeah, thanks for your request, Alan. I mean, I mean, I, I've, I requested this, and I'm glad John picked me up to come on and do this. Uh, I think this is amazing. And uh, I think everybody's going to be very excited to hear how the story ends, which it actually ends in a weird way. I'm not going to spoil it for you, and I, I ask you not to look it up, because the way John tells the story is actually a lot better than the way I read it. Than, than the way it really happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah. John, John actually He's tells the story very well. He's a master Like, you know, like, 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 as I'm sitting here, like, against the mic, like, I'm sitting here, and I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, is he going to talk about this? And he does. So, it's like... I challenge, I challenge everybody, do not go look the story up, even though just, nobody's ever heard of it. Just let him Wait tell it. Wait for John to bring this back up, and I promise you will not be disappointed. Oh. I'm sitting here thinking, fuck, I got to pee really bad. <laughs> Dude, I got to pee extremely bad. Anyway. I got to pee like a racehorse. There you yeah. go. <laughs> Me too. All right, we're going to do the next episode. Um, uh, um, uh, not today. But we'll do it tomorrow. No, nah, not tomorrow. I, <laughs> I, it's going to take me a little bit to prepare it, but I am going to do a Supremo story hopefully tomorrow because we we want to keep going with this new equipment yeah. we got here. But anyway, so and, and we did do a Supremo story yesterday. I don't know if you guys saw it, but if you're Supremo or a, a Nacho Taco Nacho, you can go back and listen to it. Yep. Anyway, we're going to end it up here. Thanks so much, Alan, for being on here. Yeah, man. Thanks Thank you so much for having it. me on. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. Any any last words? Yeah. So if anybody requests me to be back on for an, uh, for an episode, please let me know. Uh, and I'll let me know. Let John or Nicole know. But um, I'll be happy to always come by, whatever it may be. But uh, if everybody enjoys my right. comments and uh, enjoys, I, I know I know it was a little lengthy, but uh, I enjoy being here. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining. Great request. Yeah. yeah Thanks for thank joining. you. 
And again, this Talk Mermaid podcast, I'm sitting here with Alan. Jen is off for another two weeks, and I'm sitting here with Nicole. We put episodes out every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We live stream every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's public. And then usually we'll do another episode for our supporters, or supremos, and you can go and join and support us by going to talkmore.com. So let's join and that helps us out a ton. So if anyone, y'all don't have anything else, I think that's all I got. So until next Thank time, you guys. Uh, good night, you lovely, lovely people.